Hello and welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I am Benjamin Light. With me is Marco Sparks. Hello. Marco's a little under the weather today, right? Mm. What I needed to make me feel better, though, was some PLL. That's, uh, you know, it's like chicken soup for your brain. Or your soul, I guess. Sure. Nah. These girls don't have souls. <laughs> That's why we love this show. <laughs> So today we are talking about SO2EO3, entitled My Name is Trouble. Mm-hmm. My Name is Trouble. Trouble. One one character in the show has asked her name, so I think we can assume that that character is the one who's named Trouble. <laughs> you know, it's really just a courtesy that we talk about the other three girls sometimes. <laughs> nah, you gotta talk about Spence. Well, it's really curious that we talk about the imaginary doppelgangers. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this episode, which is a pretty good episode, if I must say, it's got a good genesis. Those are all all make for good episodes. Mm-hmm. We yeah. open on the liars. They're all in, a, in the uh, the only movie theater in time that only shows like super old movies in black yeah. and white. Yeah. <laughs> And throughout this whole episode, the liars are meeting in really weird places, presumably because they're not supposed to be meeting at all. Um, so they're they're meeting here in this theater, not watching at all. I think what's on screen is Jekyll and Hyde. I'm not positive. But uh, according to another recap I read, they thought it was Jekyll and Hyde. I can see that, yeah. So. I mean, it's like an old, it's like an old, like, black and white. Like, not black and white, but I mean, like, uh, like a silent movie. Almost. Well, the, the, like person you see on screen appears to be drinking poison or a potion or something and then flipping out mm. so spencer she's you know talking to liars explaining that she thinks ian is hiding out nearby and that melissa is sneaking out to see him yeah. Han- hannah suggests putting an electric dog collar in melissa mm. hannah has useful ideas well i mean this scene is is fascinating because not only are they in a the movie theater basically as a cover to talk about they were the only people in the theater yeah yeah, I mean it's, it's also a very small theater. It should be pointed out. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but um, then suddenly they look over their shoulder and like A might be watching them, and you know, they look back well, again, not there. Well, first they're they're discussing where Ian might be hiding, and Jason De Laurentiis comes up, and the question is, can they really trust Jason De Laurentiis? I think Spencer will have some thoughts on that. But yeah, so suddenly they, they think they see A, they look back, A's gone, then look back again, they they think, you know, it's like somebody in a hoodie is like watching from the corner, then suddenly the person in the hoodie is like right in front of them, shining like a light at them and like leaping at them, and then Spencer wakes up because it was all just a dream. It was I like all that. just a dream. Spencer dreams of strategizing about who killed Allison. That's yeah. That's what happens in her dreams. Yeah. But the flashlight is real. That's Melissa's, like, poking and prodding. Like, Spencer's, like, asleep on her couch. Yeah. And Melissa's just, like, poking and prodding around her, looking for her wedding ring, which she took off earlier and can't find. Which, I'm just saying, can it fucking wait while I'm sleeping? (laughs) (laughs) You need this ring right now, you crazy pregnant woman. And because Melissa's already, like, super sketchy, uh, her phone starts ringing, and Spencer's like, I can answer that for you. You know, like, Melissa's like, no thanks, crazy bitch. Yeah. And then Melissa answers the phone, and I love the way she answers it. She says, hey, I'm not alone. Let me get upstairs, okay? Like, that that's, of course, n- not going to make Spencer any less suspicious. There is just every episode lately, I feel like there's been, like, a succeeding level of somebody being, like, blatantly obvious in something they're trying to cover up. Like, all the well, girls are terrible liars. Well, you can throw out the idea that for Melissa to say that, at least in her mind, she she would not say that if she was actually worried about Spencer knowing who she was talking to. Like, she would have theoretically played it more cool. But who but knows? She's throwing it in Spencer's face, I think. Yeah, yeah. She kind of is. Yeah. But, I mean, quite possibly the only, like, girl on the show who's, like, a decent liar, I had to say, is maybe Hannah. Arya's the best liar. I, I wish. I wish that were true. Aria lies so often that, like, the lies you true. Ca- the lies you catch her in are, like, they're just there so you don't notice her other lies. Mm, quite possibly. I mean, maybe, or maybe the person that Aria lies to the best is herself. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Aria. Yes, please. Aria is taking an extension course starting at Hollis College. 
Yeah, as part of her like shrinks advice to uh you know have have hobbies or something expand herself. Uh, I think it's Spencer. <laughs> I can't remember who who it is. And Spencer or Hannah uh, assumes that she's just going to be st- stalking uh, Jackie Molina, who also teaches at Hollis. Yeah. But Arya's like, no, no, I'm you know just expanding my horizons and taking a totally worthless college credit course that won't do me any good later in life when I do go to well, college. What I love is that. All they say is that she's taking the extension course until she actually walks into the class, which we'll talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm assuming that this is going to be something worthwhile. It's not. <laughs> no, it's Spoiler, not. it's yeah. not. <laughs> Later on, Arya's at school getting coffee, at Hollis, getting coffee with Ezra, who teaches there. Um, once again, I just want to point out, there is no coffee in that coffee cup she's holding. <laughs> That's a completely empty cup. Um, she doesn't like her picture for student ID. Ezra says she looks studious. Um, Arya, by the way, has like feathers in her hair at this point. Mm. Just her and her fucking feathers. And then Arya talks about how being re- she's been released from the prison called high school. <laughs> she's like, Arya's really into this whole idea that she's a college chick now in this episode. Yeah. yeah. Or that she gets to <clears throat> hold hands and, and kiss her professor boyfriend who i'm just saying ezra this is like what like your first week on the job well and he's like uh you know your dad does teach here and she's like yeah but only three days a week and not today it's like maybe he has office hours Arya. like i don't know maybe he shouldn't be such a dipshit well like byron's not already cruising him the student body himself or like well and like like somebody like Byron doesn't have friends on the faculty or other people who are going to be like who know Arya and who know yeah. what Arya looks like. They'd be like, hey, just, I saw your daughter making out with like uh, that new teacher. Well, it's not going to be hard for somebody to see Ezra making out with a girl and then notice that she's an extension class because she's a high school student. Yeah. Well, and especially because Jackie Molina sees them making out. Yes. And it's Jackie like, Molina hmm. sees them making out. Evil Jackie Molina. Uh, and then we find out that Arya's extension class is a pottery class. <laughs> because that's a totally useful college course to take. Exactly. And you know who else is in that pottery class? Who? Who's Je- in that class? Jenna thing. The Jenna thing. I like how it's like there's like a crowd of people around one student. And then like as the crowd disperses, you see that it's the Jenna thing they're all talking to. Um, yeah. Interesting that, that like, she seems to have like friends in this pottery yeah, class. The implication is that in college... The Jenna thing is the popular student. Arya is the outcast. Jenna thinks like smiling and everyone's kind of laughing and talking to her. And it's like college is where Jenna thing would thrive. But unfortunately, she's stuck in high school. Yeah. Arya's like WTF. Arya's also got some weird like mini like these tiny little braids in her hair now. Like just a couple of them. Like I think this is what Arya's idea of what like a college chick dress is like. Even though in in reality, college chicks are all wearing like UGG boots and sweats and like don't do anything with their hair because they're too lazy to get out of bed. But Arya, she's um, first of all, the things in her hair. I was just I couldn't stop like staring at them, just trying to figure out like what the hell am I looking at? I think but she's. I think it signifies that she's still a Padawan. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say it's very Star Wars esque, but uh, she's still wearing like basically uh, like hooker stockings. Mm-hmm. You know, for normal normal girl dress, but she, like Arya's wearing a lot of like uh, kind of those low back tops and like leggings in this episode. Yeah. I th- I think Arya thinks that's like a more adult look, but hmm. it's kind of an adult look, I Cause, guess, because Arya's a college chick now. Exactly, time and a place for everything. That's called college. Um, so later on in, at Ezra's place, they're talking about the Jenna thing being in their class, because I'm sure Ezra doesn't get a chance to talk about his classes. Yeah, Ezra compares Arya to Jenna and levels of them both being talented artistically, which, wrong move. Yeah, you don't want to compare the two. And then Ezra preaches that maybe this is an opportunity for Arya to make things right with Jenna, which, again, wrong move. He says that perhaps the universe is trying to tell her that that she should make things right. Yeah, you don't. The universe doesn't tell Arya shit. Well, and also Arya says she's talking about how Jenna thinks in the class. She says, "Why can't I just escape high school?" And Ezra says, "Probably because you're still in it." Yeah. <laughs> Careful there, Ezra. You're walking. Wrong move. You're watching, walking in into dangerous territory there. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So then back in class, Arya is like a 
adorably terrible at making pottery. She can't handle all that clay. That's too yeah. much for her. Like her, she her obviously tiny hasn't hands. watched like the ghost love scene enough mm-hmm. times because she doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. Well, I think we can interpret the clay in the scene as a metaphor for a phallus. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. And uh, I just want to point out that Jenna is a fucking pro. Jenna knows how to use her hands. Yeah. Uh, then Jenna gets up and like knocks some shit over because she's blind. Yeah, she's just being handicapped all over the place. <laughs> and the teacher asks Arya her name because she wants Arya to like help clean that up. And Arya says her, her name is Trouble. No, actually, she just says her name is Anita. 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 But her name is actually Trouble. That's how she preserves her secret identity. I want to point out that the scene is really interesting because, like, Arya is just, like, blatantly gaping at the <laughs> handicapped girl. Like, all the other students are just like, oh, no. And Arya is just kind of like, huh? And so the, the teacher, like, zones in on her immediately. And Arya, like, immediately comes up with Anita. Like, like what's your name? Anita. Like, it's a, it's a nice reflex lie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, some other student volunteers to help because everyone else in the class loves Jenna. The other student's name, by the way, is Bryce. I just—it means nothing, but I like that that was his name. Yeah, fuck you, Bryce. Well, I, I like to point out too that the implication I think too is not only is everyone else in the class like Jenna, but everyone else in the class might be a good person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not Arya, though. Well, this this whole sorry. episode is really about how the liars are not particularly good people, which I I also enjoy. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, it's, Later, it's a it's a winning formula for this show. Mm-hmm. Well, and Jenna is always a good tool to illustrate that. Uh, Later on in the class, like seemingly everyone else has left, and Jenna thing is asking Anita if she can like carry her. Uh, she's made some sort of like like a lamp type thing, something you put a candle inside. Uh, yeah, like it's a, like a like it a, looks like a vase with like like cutouts in it. But it actually comes apart, and you set a like a candle in it. I'm sure there's a word for it. I haven't looked up, but what it's something you something you put a candle in. Uh, she asked Anita to like carry it over the shelf and to also clean up after her blind ass, because obviously Jenna can't clean up for herself. Well, so yeah, I was like at first, I'm like, God damn, Jenna's pretty demanding of complete strangers. And then I thought, well, maybe it's just because Jenna's used to everyone else in the class being very nice. Yeah. Helpful. Arya's just like, what the fuck? So uh, Arya, or I'm sorry, Anita takes uh, this candle holder over, <laughs> and uh, Jenna asks her to light the candle in it, and then turn out the lights. Uh, and the whole time, Arya's like saying nothing because she can't yeah. really, you know. Uh, and so she, they put the candle inside this uh, little like clay holder thing with all these holes in it, and then spin it around so there's all these like beams of light dancing around everywhere. And Jenna tells, like, it, it's a really sad story, but it's also extremely creepy because Jenna, Jenna's telling it. Yeah. Um, about this how is Jenna thing of her giant sunglasses now completely bathed in shadows and, and like firelight. And really opening herself up because she doesn't know she's talking to Arya. Uh, talking about how she used to love to swim. She liked to go underwater and then look up there. She used to swim in a lake and she'd look up at the surface of the lake from underneath it and see all the different ways the light would dance around on the surface and reflect. And that's why she's made this candle holder thing is to try to simulate that, uh, that feeling of the, the light dancing around everywhere. Even though she'll never be able to see it because she's blind. She can't see anything. Jenna's just like crying and, and Aria for once in her life tries to empathize. She's like the nicest one to Jenna in general. Um, she tries to empathize and says like, oh, this is beautiful. Like, it does look like that. It looks like water dancing. And then Jenna realizes it's Arya. Yeah, she, she stops. <laughs> well, first, first, yeah, first of all, th- there's a really creepy shot at one point where once the light goes off in the classroom, Jenna thing like puts her face over the, the lamp mm-hmm. and like the light dances on her sunglasses. And it seems like she's looking straight at Arya and she says, what do you see? She's so vulnerable and yet still seemingly evil. Uh, yeah, well, and also Jenna's Arya? glasses, because of the the low angle of the light, the shadows of the glasses, like they go up even higher on her face. So her glasses look huge because yeah. of the shadows they're casting. But like it, like she looks like some sort of like weird demon lady. And yeah, finally, Azaria is like, oh yeah, it looks beautiful. It looks like the water dancing, like you said. And then Jenna says, 
Arya. <laughs> yeah. This and scene Arya, then turns Arya's cool. like, busted. She's like, yeah. <laughs> and Jenna's just like, blow out the light. You bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a nice counterpoint to almost the Hannah scene. Yeah. You know, from last season. Arya um, just I, I wrote down uh right, I didn't write down, I should say I copied and pasted this bit from the uh TWAP recap. Just I wanted to read it because it's like a perfect description of uh kind of these moments. He's the guy, Jacob Clifton, he writes the best thing, the, the best scenes are always going to be Jenna scenes because they remind you that the liars are, for lots of people, not just Jenna, the only monsters in this story. Uh, even without Allison, Jenna is terrified of them, spying on them, stealing their phones, making backup plans in case they come to hurt her again. Sound like anybody you can think of? Sounds like everybody you can think of. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just like Jenna thinks, just like fucking A, like. I'm not even at high school. I went somewhere completely far away from that. And these bitches are still here, like, ruining my life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny, too, is because Arya is so self-centered that she's complaining that she can't escape high school, that here's Jenna thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm sure they don't bring up this class in the next episode. I'm sure we don't ever hear about this extension class again. But you know that the next day, Jenna thing's not coming back to Mm -hmm. pottery class. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Jenna thing was all happy in her own world. She had new friends in college, and yeah. it was she's away from like the terror that was her daily life in high school with these bitches stalking her. And now they're back, getting her to open up and like reveal her like you know soft underbelly. So poor Arya. Uh, later on, she's talking to the liars and says she felt like she had to say something. Now she's just made things worse. Good work, Arya. Let's talk about let's talk about Hannah. Hannah, uh, start the episode. uh, Every episode of Hannah starts with her coming downstairs of the kitchen Mm -hmm. to a to a new and different world every time. Yeah, this time it's Hannah's Hannah's literally in that like awake show or whatever. She just keeps waking up like a new alternate (laughs) universe. And in this universe, her dad, whose name is Tom, uh, he's hanging out, getting some coffee with Ashley and. They're kind of laughing. They're just a little too comfortable with each other right now. And Hannah picks up on it immediately and is not thrilled by it. No, no. Hannah also notices that her mom has been buying the special coffee creamer that her dad likes. And so the dad leaves and <laughs> Hannah kind of gets up and Ashley shit about it. And Ashley's like, your father and I have a long history. And believe it or not, we used to laugh a lot. <laughs> and then she says, just because somebody hurt you once doesn't mean that you have to permanently delete him from her phone book. What an interesting metaphor. Mm-hmm. Who is Hannah thinking about when she hears that? Mona or Caleb? That's a good question. Um, so, like, later at school, Hannah tries to talk to Lucas, who kind of oh, blows but, her off at first. Before that, though, there is just huh. this moment where all the liars, like, there's a scene where it's Emily's in the bathroom washing her hands, and as soon as the other person in the bathroom leaves, the other th- three liars all, like, bust out of the stalls to, like, have, a, like, a little... <laughs> impromptu like meet together <laughs> and during this scene hannah for whatever reason is just like here have some moisturizer and starts like pass- passing around her moisturizer to everyone uh it's later revealed that she probably stole it wonderful mm-hmm. um yeah so hannah tries to talk talk to lucas at one point but he kind of starts to blow her off to go hang out with caleb well, the reason she's talking to lucas is because she can't hang out with the liars and she's pissed at mona so she and and also the liars like have other things they need to do anyway, so they can't like break their you know the rules and hang out anyway. So Hannah has yeah. no friends right now. She has no social life. So she's like, Lucas, <laughs> you there, you old so and so. What are you? What have you been up to? Yeah. So like Lucas, he he stands strong. He's gonna hang out with Caleb. And <clears throat> for a moment there, I feel like Lucas is doing the right thing. Like not only is he showing Hannah she ha- he, she has no hold over him. Mm-hmm. He's going to go hang out with Caleb, which has got to drive her a little nuts. Oh, yeah. And then we find out that Caleb's living with Lucas. But um, so then I don't remember what she says, but but Lucas caves. He goes and sits down and starts like listening to Hannah's proms and agrees to like hang out with her. Um, he basically tells Hannah, well, you can come hang out. It can like help out on the yearbook. Yeah. Lucas doesn't know what the hell he's he had doing. No life. Yeah. Um. Also, Hannah in the yearbook. Deadlines, deadlines, deadlines. 
Yeah. <laughs> he says she can help out with the layout, which in my day that was something that like usually like the editors did. Like not just anybody does layout. Yeah, it's like the blonde queen bees don't like walk into the yearbook room and just be like pictures here, pictures here, pictures here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm done. Yeah. So, uh, so in yearbook class, Hannah notices pretty quickly that Lucas keeps checking out one of the other girls. Uh, a girl named Danielle with, who has bangs. Cute yearbook girl. And I just wrote down in my notes here that this is why you keep hot chicks who aren't into you around, Lucas. Because you never know when you might need their help. So, Well, at the same time, though, it's like she she wants to help him out with this girl because she's bored. But mm-hmm. also, like, I think she's trying to be nice. But she's also being just a touch cruel. I wouldn't say cruel at all. Uh, there is on a certain level and only because spoiler it's ultimately successful at first it's like like lucas is in the hannah still obviously uh, he's also into this other girl this cute yearbook girl well, too but he's look, also lucas, you, you're gonna have to get over it you know but i mean it, still it's hard when the person you are interested in is just like you should go after so-and-so because uh, it's when- happening here but when that person is made extremely clear on multiple occasions that it's it's just a friend thing you kind of no, need not. to let that go. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's Lucas's fault for again letting Hannah back into his life. I mean, he. Well, no, no, no. It's not not letting him back into his life. They can be friends. He just needs to like accept the fact that they're just going to be friends. Well, what I mean is that he's not done getting over that. He's not done accepting that, though. I think, and that's why he shouldn't have let her back into his life yet. You know what I mean? If if he can't be just her friend, if he can't acknowledge that, he just needs to buck up. He. He has no. It, he has, it's okay to just be friends with the hot chick. The hot chick has friends, and the hot chick knows how to like talk to other girls for you. But see, I don't. I don't think Lucas is ready to accept that yet. Is my point, yeah. and that's the problem. Is he shouldn't like even pretend douche. to be her friend if he can't, you know, honestly just be her friend. And he's still obsessed with like the power ranking at school. He talks about like the totem pole and how he's at the bottom, and like he can't just go Which ask this other chick out. It's kind of whiny and bitchy. He's making a lot of excuses for himself. He says. Yeah. He says, you of all people know my batting average, Hannah. And it's like, yeah, you asked one girl out. You're 0 for 1. Wow. You know? Which is, to Hannah's credit, like, she just lets that slide off her shoulder. Because that's a dick mm-hmm. move. Yeah, Hannah, Lucas is making a lot of excuses for just the fact that he's scared. Yeah, he's just scared to talk to this chick. Um, so in the, the next morning, again, Hannah comes downstairs, catches her dad out on the, the back porch veranda thing. Making a weird phone call uh, with somebody. He's uh, he's on the phone with his fiance, arguing with her about staying in Rosewood. Isabel, Isabel, and Hannah talks to him about it after he hangs up, and she's like, "Does mom know about this?" And uh, her dad says, "Your mom catches on pretty fast, like faster than I do usually." <laughs> so, so Hannah now knows that uh, things aren't going well with dad and his new fiance, and that her mom knows about this. And Hannah's dad's over a lot. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so Aria, or Hannah brings us up to the, to Aria and Emily. Aria advised Hannah to stay out of it and let them figure <laughs> it out for themselves. Using her own experiences, Aria's just like, trust me, like, that failed for me. Therefore, you shouldn't do what I do. Did it, though? Did it fail for Aria? I who knows with Aria. <laughs> well, her parents aren't ultimately, get, ultimately together right now, so. Sure. I guess you could say it failed for her. <laughs> so then we get this scene where Lucas is just checking out Danielle again, like refusing to do anything. So Hannah goes over there and starts talking Lucas up, uh, talking about Which how is like ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, it's hilariously ridiculous about how like people will buy his photos on eBay, like his like spare yearbook photos that they don't yeah. use in the yearbook, just because like he's going to be so successful one day that those photos will be worth something. Well, that. Hannah, you know, she's just his friend, but she feels weird calling him just her friend because mm-hmm. once upon a time she wanted so much more from him, but she had to give it up because she couldn't compete with all the other chicks who were after him. And then Danielle is like, who's Lucas? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she's like, oh, that guy over there, he's pulling that whole nerdy hot thing. The guy over there who's pretending not to listen to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so later on, Lucas comes up and he's all mad at Hannah for doing this. Uh, can we now- just say real quick that Hannah is like 
five seconds away from like telling this girl that Lucas is a tennis dick. Yeah, basically, I mean, yeah. it's ludicrous. <laughs> but you know what, Lucas? This like you could you could do a lot worse in your own life in high school than having like the hot chick in school talk you out to some other chick. Yeah, even yeah, if so- she, even if she is lying constantly. That's what she does. She does it well. Yeah, so then Lucas comes up to Hannah later because apparently she's successful. And he's gone through that next stage of the nerdy guy where he's no longer making excuses for being scared. He's now got the opportunity for something, and he's angry at Hannah. Like, how dare you talk me up to her yeah. and this girl ask me out to coffee? Now he has a coffee date, the horror, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And he, he doubts Hannah's intentions. Because he mentions like the the thing that the dance, which were like she was using him to break up with Sean, is basically how he interpreted that whole episode. Um, and Hannah basically says that she doesn't want to be judged by her biggest mistake, and that you know Lucas should trust her, and that you know basically like seriously, Lucas, like she got you a date. I mean, come on, yeah. stop stop like bitching at her every chance you get because she won't. Yeah, get Hannah, you. I think effectively shuts that down. Mm-hmm. Um, so then she comes home to find her parents having a nice little dinner out there on the little porch in the back, uh, laughing and talking. And it's like for a moment, well, for a moment, like, like the whole episode, Hannah, she's not trusting of that. She doesn't trust her well, dad. She it's hard to, to her tell her. It's hard to tell whether or not Hannah likes the idea of her dad around more. Yeah. Well, I think, <laughs> I think she, of course, would like for him to be around more, but. She doesn't trust him. She does. She thinks mm-hmm. that he'll start something, stir something up, and that her and her mom will just get hurt again. But <laughs> she spies this, and she kind of thinks that maybe this could be a good thing. And then, ding, ding, ding! There's a text on her dad's phone. Yeah, I wrote down that right now. Ashley and Tom are having a lot of good wine time. Yeah. Um, but then the text on the phone is an apology from his fiance. I didn't write down what exactly what it said. It was basically like, I'm sorry, I will marry you, blah, 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 or whatever. Apparently, uh, they had been having a fight that wherever she wanted to get married had to be this big, extravagant place. And that was the nature of the fight. And so she's texting him back to say that she'd marry him in a phone booth. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter where they get married. And because Hannah in this episode is starring in the creepiest version of The Parent Trap ever, uh, she goes ahead and deletes that text. Yes. <laughs> Uh, it's in from if you're watching the show and you're totally you're totally in on Hannah and her perspective. This seems like a normal thing, you know, like yeah. y- you have no problem with it. But then you suddenly think about it from like other people's perspective, and that is pretty awful. This is uh Hannah's like sowing discord within her father's relationship, just on the off chance that uh, he'll that'll like blow up in flames, and he'll have to get back with her mom. She's effectively just stirring some shit up. This is, mm-hmm. but, uh, we're about to talk about Emily, but as we get into Emily's storyline, just want to say that, excuse me, Hannah, like, uh, this is not like the first nefarious deed she does <laughs> or suggests in this episode. Hannah is becoming like my new, like, power beast. Like, she's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily, uh, towards the start of the episode, I just want to point out that she tells, uh, Spencer to stop playing Harriet the Spy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the, uh, when they had that little confab in the bathroom, the girls all liked the scout's letter, uh, cause you know, Emily gave it to them to read, but because it's not a commitment, Emily needs more. Yeah. It's maybe a letter. Later uh, on, Spencer keeps calling Emily cause she's scared at night because she thinks somebody's going to come kill her. Who's probably Ian, yeah. but Emily can't help her doppelganger out right now. So she just tells Spence to lock the door. Yeah. Emily's mom still has her and and Emily like packing up the house. Um, uh, for the most part, Emily's mom is still pretty insensitive about the fact that Emily does not want to move, does not want to leave. Um, mm-hmm. So we find out that Emily has forged a letter from the college scout saying that if everything in her life stays exactly the same, she'll get a full ride scholarship. Well, she she gets, um, she gets, I believe it's Aria and Hannah in the car with her. There's another like yeah. weird, weird place that they're meeting. Like presumably she just drove and picked them up somewhere so they could talk in the car. And they, she first just has them read the letter and they're like, oh, that's great, Emily. This is exactly what you needed. And she's like, yeah, I wrote it myself. And they're like, oh, that's Well, I love how Arya morally. immediately is like, don't do this, Emily. This is horrible. This is terrible. And Hannah's just like, nice. Hannah says, you are totally getting me into Harvard. Like, yeah. Hannah, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. 
Hannah's <laughs> like, full on legally blonde. Like I don't I don't think Hannah realizes that this letter doesn't mean that Emily's actually going to Danby. You know, like, yeah. like Emily could just write her a letter that says you've been accepted to Harvard. <laughs> like she could write the letter to Harvard. Mm-hmm. Congrats. You've accepted Hannah to Harvard. <laughs> like we have? Oh, we uh, have. Harvard's like, <laughs> seems legit. I want to point um, out that uh, at Emily's house when the Spencer's calling on the home phone, the caller ID shows us Peter Hastings. I thought that was funny. That's good good continuity there. But uh so Emily has not mailed the letter yet because she's a little apprehensive about taking this file. Because she stuff. knows it'd be a horrible thing to do, but she kind of wants to do it because she doesn't want to leave. Yeah. Um, so she's at home at one point. She's got the letter. She's all set. She's put an envelope. She's ready to put it in the mail and get this thing done. And her mom comes in and basically praises her strength for and her gayness. Oh, but and, before we, we get to that, I do want to point out one other thing. Uh oh. After Hannah is so impressed with the how she's going to get into Harvard because of Emily's forging skills, she basically says like like let's uh let's remember what the wise paragon of virtue Allison used to say, which is that you're not lying, you're pretelling the truth. Yeah. <laughs> so Hannah's in full on like let's do what Allison would do mode. Uh, but yeah, later on, Emily's talking to M- Mrs. Fields, and for once in her goddamn life, Mrs. Fields is like a nice person. Talks about how she feels awful for Emily having to hide who she was, and that she was afraid that her parents wouldn't love her if they knew the truth. And so it's a it's a nice little mom daughter moment. And so then only Emily, took twenty seven episodes. Yeah, Emily has to go ahead and rip up the fake letter because, like, how can you lie to your mom after she just said nice things to you for once in her life? Yeah, sigh. She even but... like puts the letter in the trash and like mixes up the letter pieces of the letter with the trash so that it's like. It's really like in there and like can't be located without somebody what like a, going piece out. by piece. She didn't like pour soda on it or anything. <laughs> no, well, but she's, she's got some then, stuff to learn from Mona. Yeah. The letter comes in the mail anyway. Yeah, later I don't know. It's later that day or the next day, Pam comes in with the letter from Danby. It was on the doorstep, uh, and it's obviously it's the one that Emily wrote. It says the same thing. And, uh, Pam's super excited about this. She's all proud, and she's like, "Oh, we gotta go Skype your dad. He can read the letter, and this is so wonderful." Emily feels like shit because uh, now she's gonna get to stay home after all, but like under like really sketchy circumstances. Yeah. Um. Real quick, it's Skype. Skype your dad. Like, mm-hmm. why don't they go website her dad? Website page her dad. Yeah. Like, I, I thought that was interesting, but uh. Yeah, so as soon as like Mrs. Fields like runs off to go Skype Emily's dad, Emily is like, "What the fuck?" And she runs to the trash, dumps it all out on her bed, goes through it, trying to find the pieces of the letter that mm-hmm. she clearly tore up, and instead she finds a note from A. Well, it's a, it's like the the envelope the letter was in, like reconstituted somehow. Yeah, <laughs> and the note from A says, "You can't play cat and mouse if the mouse moves to Texas. I need you here, M. Congrats, A." <laughs> I, I like the congrats at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations yeah, on your fake book. scholarship. Um, This is one of my, like, after the cupcakes, this is one of my favorite A things. But two things of this. Number one, A is awesome. And this is the first appearance of A in this episode, three minutes before the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, like a, a, it's a perfect way to compromise Emily because if if Emily had never thought of writing that letter, she probably would have found a way to uh, say like, "Oh, this isn't real; it's a joke." But because she has, like, she's too close to it, she can't. She can't yeah. get out of it now. She has to go with it because it's a lie she had already started to tell. Well, and sometimes A's best uh, doom that that she can visit upon the liars is giving them exactly what they want, uh huh, and then holding it over them later. <laughs> yeah, but again, I, I know there's not really a lot, a lot of time because again, it's three minutes before the end of the episode. But I would, beyond the moral implication, I would be freaking the fuck out. <laughs> How does A know? That the I think they're. The I think by thing? now they're used to A having special magical powers and being like an omniscient ghost ninja. I would be tearing apart my room looking for hidden cameras or something. I just like to imagine. So she like, says they know that somebody out there in the world has been filming them for years. Well, I just like to imagine like wherever A is like. They've got to get some sleep between, like, at least, like, you know, 2 to, like, 6 a.m. Maybe they can catch some sleep. But, like, maybe they've got, like, a little alert somewhere. Like, if uh, if 
something to tell them like oh shit spencer's woken up what the hell she doing like a has to like get up and run over to like spencer's house to watch her because you know spencer might be sneaking out and doing something shady and a needs to know about it like that's got to be exhausting to be a because these girls would, are just they're zigging when you think they're gonna zag sometimes i would say, I'd say because okay, obviously a to make this show interesting a is gonna have to be a character that we've had like nested you know the show at least for the first season and, and three episodes here it's not gonna be somebody you've never met before you think yeah, yeah exactly so i think on one hand you think because of the tight logistics like which a has to operate a would be the character who's like copiously like sucking down ca- caffeine but like <laughs> Those are the liars are copiously. yes the liars are all drinking coffee cups that are twice the size of themselves i just like so the picture a a like it's woken up by an like an alarm or something at three thirty in the morning, and it's like, oh, what the fuck? And it's like, oh, great, Spencer sneaking out of her house for some reason. God damn it, you know? Like, I thought I was going to be able to get four hours of sleep tonight. Now I got to go follow this crazy bitch, see what she's up to. Poor A. Yeah, mm-hmm. A's probably trying to steal like cat naps all mm-hmm. day. A A has to like skip school if A's a student. Has to skip school. A's probably on like a lot of Adderall and like methamphetamine. Which would kind of explain a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of people who are probably on a lot of Adderall and amphetamines, let's talk about Spencer. Uh, The first word on my notes for Spencer is just scarf. Scarf? She has a big-ass scarf at the start of this episode. She's a scarf kind of girl. Spencer's fashion is very interesting. It's almost, at times, uh, severe. Yeah, but like... uh, I Kennedy ask, I want to say. Any Jackie O ask? Uh, more like. Uh, are you like referring John to? Donna are you referring to Kennedy, the uh, VJ from MTV? No. Okay. All right. Just checking. <laughs> Thank God. No. Weird referencing. Um. Yeah. So so Spencer's at school with the other girls, and Toby meets her. Um. Funny, just minor detail about the scene where Toby and Spencer talking to each other. They're both standing in the middle of the hallway, and at a couple points during the scene, other people kind of make eye contact with one of them, like, staring at them. I think as to communicate, like, hey, why don't you get the fuck out of the middle of the hallway and stop blocking people? I I took it more as, like, people were like, ooh, there's that creep, Toby. Hmm, could be that, too. Um... I found Toby to be especially ugly in this scene. Like, his face looks especially harsh and severe, like a mask. Hmm. That's fair. Uh, so Toby's going to help Jason De Laurentiis build his fence so that he can get money to buy a truck and some tools so that he can get away from uh, his molesting house. sister-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. And Spencer immediately is like orders Toby to you know quit the job and toby's just like unlike you i don't have money coming out of my asshole i need to take this job and so spencer orders toby not to go inside jason's house yeah yeah uh so at one point spencer's over at jason's house and she sees what is clearly like the silhouette of a a male figure upstairs as jason is outside talking to her because he 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 does one of those things where suddenly he like shows up behind her um And she's like, oh, who else is staying here? And Jason's like, nobody. <laughs> Spencer's yeah. like, ooh, it must be Ian. You must be hiding Ian. I want to point out, the good, like, this is never, like, directly referenced, but I, I like the continuity here, that Spencer in this scene where she comes comes to Jason's house, she's wearing her field hockey uniform again, and she yeah. has, like, her hockey stuff, uh, to which we can assume that she's back at practice now for field hockey. And the reason... Gone. The reason she'd be back is because Ian's gone. So it's never mentioned. You like you just if you're paying attention, you can draw those assumptions that now that Ian's gone, Spencer can do field hockey again. Which just just think about that for a moment. The school has to replace their field hockey coach because the previous one disappeared under mysterious circumstances, and also his sister-in-law is a student and on the team, Mm -hmm. and probably the captain of the team because it's Spencer. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, so meanwhile, Jason is doing his best here to be like the earthy, sweaty, creepy dude next door. Um, y- yeah, Jay- we're, we're gonna have to at some point stop and talk about new Jason. We'll wait till he has like a more to do in an episode, but yeah, new Jason, he's a little bit more of a bro. Yeah. Um, uh, so later on, Spencer's up in her room and she happens to look you know out her window across the jason's window and like sees him starting to change clothes in his room 
uh, he starts to see her. So she ducks behind like the curtains and that cues a flashback. Oh, no, no, we're, we're skipping over a good detail here is that we'll she's been, it. she's been talking to Emily. Spencer has talking to Emily on the phone about how she thinks that Ian must be hiding inside of, uh, Jason's house and he's, he, Jason's hiding him in there. And Emily says, you know, sometimes when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail, Spencer. <laughs> it's like yeah. somebody needed to tell Spencer that. Yeah. Yeah. Emily, Emily. All, all Spencer has is, uh, you know, people who could have killed Allison and everyone looks like one of them. Yeah. Emily, of course, being Spencer's imagined self, like, sums her up perfectly. Only mm-hmm. took 27 episodes. And, um, and, uh, Spencer doesn't want to tell Toby that she thinks that someone else is in Jason's house too. Cause she doesn't want Toby doing anything stupid and acting like a hero. <laughs> she feels the need to protect Toby from himself. Which, on one hand, makes sense. But on the other hand, like, I would think that Toby's observations would be invaluable. Just because he's there all day. I think, I think it's not that he wouldn't be useful as a spy. I think that Spencer doesn't think that Toby can be trusted to just spy and not do something stupid and try to be a hero. Yeah. Well, the, the women on this show don't involve their men like that. No, because it just leads to problems. Because the, yeah, the men these screw men are up. blunt instruments. Yeah, uh, the men screw it up. Uh, but right before the flashback, Jason's very creepily newspapering over the windows in Allison's room when uh, Spencer looks out across yeah. Uh, which that's just creepy in general, like newspaper on the window. Yeah. Yeah. So flashback. Uh, so it's high school at some points earlier. Uh, Spencer and Emily are having a, like a sleepover and there's a doppelganger sleepover. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a party next door at the Allison De Laurentiis house and, uh, who should knock on the door, but Allison coming in. She looks uh, very distressed. She wants to stay over and not at her own house. Because uh, her, her parents are out of town. Jason's having a party with all his losers. And she says there aren't enough locks on her door to keep all of his like creepy hangers on out. It's all dudes. It's a giant sausage fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Allison muses that her payback to Jason will be to call her grandma. Because Jason's just waiting on the grandmother dying and getting a cut of the will. And Allison can get him written out of the will. Like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Allison just like dominates this moment. You know, like the other two girls are just so taken back well, by her. Well, Spencer's like, you can stay here if you're not, you know, if you don't feel safe or whatever. Uh, Allison like grabs an apple and starts washing it in the sink. And there's like a really creepy shot where she's looking at herself in the mirror. She looks terrified. Like oh, the, you, window, yeah, the window, the window, the window. Yeah. It's night. Uh, looking at a reflection in the window. Allison looks terrified. She almost starts crying. And you really get the sense in this scene that, like, something really bad just happened to Allison, or, like, something almost really bad happened to Allison. Uh, like, somebody's trying to abuse her, or, like, something like that. Like, it's creepy because the girls don't totally pick up on it. Like, they sense Allison is sad, but then she just says, like, oh, I was just thinking about my grandmother and, you know, how I'll miss her, or something like that. Um, for anyone who reads the books, which is not us, because we're men. I mean, bros watch PLL too. They don't read the books. Uh, or who's read, you know, or watched beyond season two. Like, I think this is going to be one of those scenes, kind of like Hannah in the hospital room, that we're going to come back to. Could be. Because there's a lot of other takes that I think you could take out of Allison freaking out there at the sink. Oh yeah, I mean something something bad is happening in Allison's life, and she's hiding it. Uh, and, and yeah, but what that moment is, or what could be going on, or what that that what she sees, or what mm-hmm. she takes from that reflection, could mean a lot of different things. But and, and uh, then she takes a big bite of the apple because you know she's a perfect Eve there, and then to, throws it in the sink and says, "Your family has the worst apples." Yeah. <laughs> It's a, yeah, it's a nice cross between like the, the Eve metaphor and also like maybe Sleeping White. Beauty or Snow White, yeah. Yeah. Um, so end of the flashback, Spencer calls Emily and uh, hypothesizes that perhaps what was going on that night was Allison was blackmailing Jason and Ian, and that Jason killed Allison. And where was Jason that night? And I, apparently, Jason's old, only alibi was that he was like high that whole month. Yeah, <laughs> it's just the whole summer. Yeah, the whole summer he was just high the whole time. <laughs> 
the entire time he was high. Interesting alibi. Yeah. I, I, I like to see that holds up in a court of law. I could have done it. Like, Your yeah. Honor, I was high from like like May, like late May to like early October. So Sounds legit. Sounds yeah, I don't, legit. I don't know what happened, seriously. Um Which again, like uh Spencer and Emily have that, that thing too where they, they flashback a lot. Mm-hmm. Like things cue up their flashback and then they remember like whole moments. And then they like like address them. They talk about them. Oh, I just recall this event as if I never knew yeah. about it before. Do you remember that time Allison came over because Jason was throwing a party? Yes, I do remember that time. And they can kind of speak to each other about that because they are the same person. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Emily was there too. <laughs> but yeah, uh, in dealing with this, I just want to say, well, obviously it's a much longer, larger conversation later on, but I love that they treat new Jason almost like he's com- like a completely brand new character. Pretty much, like yeah. I mean, he only Jason last year. He only he was only in two episodes of the season before, and he was pretty inscrutable as it was. Like, I think you were supposed to get in season one that Jason's a lot like Allison. I just didn't get that myself. Like, I just didn't get much of a personality from that guy anyway. So, well, he was he was certainly in that episode a lot more like Allison than New Jason is. Mm-hmm. Jason two is something else. Yeah. So later on, Spencer. <laughs> Melissa's home. Spencer's talking to her again. Spencer looks pretty legitimately like terrified. Like she's she's reaching the end of her rope here. She probably looks more uh, scared than she has in a while. Because in her mind, like Jason's hiding out, or not sorry, Ian's hiding out next door, waiting to kill her. Um, and she's trying to like be sympathetic to Melissa because Melissa's still looking for her wedding ring, can't find it. Uh, and she's like, Melissa, why don't you sleep indoors? That would be good because, you know, basically then there'd be somebody else in the house because the, the parents are gone and Spencer doesn't like being so alone without anyone around. Uh, and she says, you get why I'm scared, right? And Melissa's just like, what? Excuse me? Well, Melissa's just like not paying attention. Uh, and Spencer wants to know when it comes down to it that Melissa will protect her over someone who's not me is how she puts it. And then she tells a whole story to Melissa about the time Melissa stood up to a bully for Spencer. And like Spencer was like, so, you know, so thrilled by that moment. And Melissa's just like, yeah, I don't remember that. Like, yeah, it's this moment where Melissa was like Spencer's hero. And Melissa is like, I'm sorry, you are not buttering any of my bread right now. Yeah, she tries to lay that sisterly guilt on Melissa. But Melissa's like, clearly like no dice. Well, it's not just guilt, but like. She's saying, hey, remember that time when you were my hero, you know? Yeah. And Melissa's just like, no, no, I don't. Sorry. And then she's like, don't make me choose between you and my husband, Spencer. Can I just say that the uh, the day that M. Bison came to your uh, village and changed <laughs> your whole world, that was just a Tuesday to Melissa. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Melissa then like snaps at her. Don't make me choose between you and my husband, Spencer. And walks off. And uh, a little later on, Spencer actually is prepared to make some toast. And the toaster's not working, so she like pulls the toaster back, and it's, she sees that it's unplugged. But then behind where the toaster was is the wedding ring that Melissa's been looking for this whole time. And right Which when she weird. sees it, Melissa yells from the other room and says, where's the line here? She says, Spencer, don't touch that coconut water, it's mine. <laughs> And Melissa's like, or I'm sorry, Spencer's just thinking, you know what? Fuck that bitch. And she just takes takes the wedding ring, doesn't say anything. Can we talk about the parents for a moment? That mm-hmm. I think they're dramatically, I don't know, under-evaluating these situations. Like, this serious thing just happened to Melissa. From their mind, Spencer's been cracking up for months. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone just broke into the home. They're out of town. They're either out of town or they're living in the apartment that they live in because they're terrified of Spencer. Like, I, I like to assume they have another condo across town that they live in uh, to, to hide out from their, their daughters who are crazy. I mean, at this point, if they came back and were just that, like, Peter and Veronica were actually, like, secret agents. <laughs> well, we know that. That would make a lot more sense. We know that uh, Nolan North is actually Nathan Drake, you know, a uh, international. Like, I don't know what you'd call it. international adventurer and like architect or I'm sorry, archaeology thief or something. Um, so yeah, if you assume that uh, Veronica Hastings as well is doing some sort of uh spy traveling or whatnot, yeah, 
International they, Woman of Mystery. Yeah. They come back and they're just like, ah, what fucking weird drama are our crazy daughters up to this time? You know. <laughs> they're like, let's oh. go hide out in the safe house across town. I don't want to be around. Let's just hope this all blows over by the time we get back. So the next day, uh, Toby and Jason are, are getting sweaty and doing yard work. Which... Toby, Toby shirtless. Yeah, Toby's shirtless. And, like, Jason's like, hey, man, why don't you take a break with me? Toby, um, Toby takes no breaks. Yeah, and to, Jason's to like, certain, seriously, douche. To a certain, like, fan, this is, like, the beginning of, like, the weirdest slash fic ever. Mm-hmm. Slash fic between, like, the most boring characters on the show. <laughs> um, so they start to hear a noise, like a rustling through the woods. Oh, you're, you're skipping over a detail where... Jason tells Toby that he never thought Toby was a killer, just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Which could tie into maybe Jason's the killer. Or maybe Jason maybe Jason was just in the wrong place at the wrong time for something, too. Ooh. So they hear a noise, and Jason says, Melissa? But no, it's Spencer. She it's pops, Spencer. pops out from behind a tree. It's like, hey, why did you think it was Melissa? I <laughs> like how she immediately asked that question. And Jason's like, oh, she brings over the mail sometimes because it went to the wrong mailbox. <laughs> With some lie that I just made up, you know. Yeah. Uh, Jason says, he goes to get some like trash because he just like throws his trash in his yard. He says, I would invite you guys inside, but the place is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. And then he, like, he throws down trash bags in a way in which the trash is guaranteed to fly yeah, out of it. Really, like what were you expecting to happen there? So the Including- trash breaks open. And there's all these bloody bandages that go flying onto the crowd. It's like all this bloody gauze all over the place. Yeah. And, and then just, Jason, he has this, it's like a total bro moment where he's just like, cut myself. Like, like he seriously sounds like Keanu when he does the line reading. He might as well have just said, like, oopsie. <laughs> and he's just like, cut myself. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. So as that scene ends. The next scene, I have in my notes written down, literally, Spencer Pond's Melissa's ring, LOL. (laughs) Spencer, feeling not necessarily charitable towards Melissa right now, goes and pawns her ring like a boss. Yeah. And someone may be watching her do it. There's a lot of camera angles from, you know, outside and around a corner watching her. Spencer's badass about it because she needs some, she she has a whole like story with the pawn guy of like, she just yeah, needs just some, need cash some cash till the bank opens. So, yeah. I mean, once the bank opens on Monday, I get the cash. I'll come back and pick up the ring. And he's just like, all right, I'll see you Monday, like two days from now, right? And she's just like, LOL, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so then she is apparently used the cash to go buy that truck that Toby wanted to buy. And she, t- <laughs> she rolls up a boyfriend, a loser boyfriend truck. Rolls up in the truck, gets out, feeling triumphant, tosses in the keys. Uh, it's, it's funny because this is like a total guy move. Um, this is something that the guy would normally do where he'd like roll up and toxic toss the keys to the chick, but Spencer's definitely the, uh, the alpha in this relationship. You feel like they're about to kiss. Like she's going to spin him around Mm -hmm. and they're going to kiss and he's going to do that thing where like he lifts up the one leg. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And she's basically going to bend him over that truck and peg him. (laughs) And she basically orders Toby to get a new job. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote down, like, uh, Spencer buys her loser boyfriend and loser boyfriend truck. Dot, dot, dot. To be a good girlfriend? No. Not so much. <laughs> Just to get him the hell away from Jason DeLorentis. She's really, like, in full-on, like, Don Draper mode here, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. She's just like, here you go, Betty. Why don't you quit that job? I don't like you hanging around all those guys. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, later on, Spencer overhears Melissa in the hallway. Oh, be- on the phone. B- before oh. that, we should just point out that Toby says, I love you to her, and then she's mad because she wanted to say that first. So, there's yeah. that. They're they're schmoozy in love now. You don't steal Spencer's fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Spencer over back at this Hastings household. Spencer overhears Melissa talking on somebody in the hallway that she's going to go visit them, but she wants to basically make sure that Spencer's asleep first. So Spencer's just like whoa whoa whoa, and then calls up. Uh, I think it's Arya and Hannah are the ones she calls oh, up because because she can't get a hold of Emily because Emily's yeah. still in the and so Arya and Hannah and Spencer all kind of follow Melissa outside, and it's a whole thing where they're ducking behind some bushes, making way too much no- noise about what's what's happening. And they see that uh, Melissa's going out to meet somebody in a car. Arya thinks well, hold it's... On, hold on. Oh. A little point real quick. that When they sneak out of the Spencer compound, or the Hastings compound, 
like this is the first time I think we've really seen the the Hastings have that giant gate that opens they have like up a big the wall. Cars. They have like a big wall, like a wall and a gate around yeah, the complex. I mean, like a nice subtle reminder that the Hastings family is fucking loaded. Mm-hmm. They have like a whole compound, yeah. It's the house of Hastings there. Yeah, it's like a like a little manor or something. Yeah, but so yeah, they're Melissa's meeting of somebody in a car. This is apparently literally like right in front of the house, just on the other side of mm-hmm. the giant ass gate. So they're trying to ascertain that this is Ian. If it's Ian, whose car is it in? But they discover that it's not Ian. It's Ren. Ren. Ren is there. It's giving Melissa something in a bag, which Spencer hypothesizes is prescription medicine, probably painkillers. To which Hannah says, "Melissa does drugs." <laughs> And then, uh, just to make sure that, like, she has an even better line to end it with, she says, only Melissa would ask the guy she dumped to help the murderer she married. And at that point in my notes, I just wrote down, Arya would like a word. Yeah. Yeah. But she apparently says it loud enough that uh, Ren and Melissa, like, look over to the bushes. So the girls, like, duck down. And, like, then they they do the thing where they start, like, peeking their faces outside of the bushes. Mm -hmm. Which, like, their faces are, like, blatantly visible but of course like Ren and Melissa are looking over like no, I don't see anything well, Ren, like, I don't see anything Ren takes off like we don't hear what he says but presumably he's just like fuck this it's too hot I'm out of here yeah, um, yeah. And, then, and then Melissa's just looking at what's in the bag and then we also see that there's like a silhouette in uh, one of the windows in Jason's place so it's 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 real shady I mean presumably it's probably just Jason but of course they think it's Ian Yeah, they think that yeah, the painkillers are for Ian because obviously he's you don't just fall from a bell tower, mm-hmm. like, like you know, no, no side effects. Even though, uh, like, all those bloody bandages, like, it's not like Ian cut himself. You know, right. the, the bloody bandages they found at Jason and Jason's trash, like. Well, because if he had, like, there would have been a lot of blood at the church. Yeah. That night. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, you get the A tag where A is buying that wedding ring from the pawn guy. Yes. <laughs> And Pond Guy's like, yeah, I figured it wasn't hers anyway. Here you go. Yeah. Which I just want to point out, if if A is Melissa, this is hilarious. Like, because Melissa's buying her own wedding ring back, and then, like, presumably will in the future fuck with Spencer over this. Yeah. Well, let's just talk about some of the things that A does in normal life. Mm-hmm. She, well, presuming it's a she, goes to pawn shops in a hoodie and black gloves mm-hmm. and buys jewelry. She well, I, I want to point realtor. out, whenever she does this, the people, like, you never see A, but you see the people talking to A, and they always seem very delighted to be talking to A. Like, they're yeah. very friendly, and like, oh, hey, yeah, here you go, let me let me show you the master bedroom now, weird person yeah. who's wearing a hoodie and black gloves. Yeah, she gets, she goes to a realtor, gets shown a house, mm-hmm. like, almost gives free reign of the house enough times to go and format the hard drive of the existing owner of the house mm-hmm. all while in a hoodie and black gloves i can only assume that a has a charming personality when uh we, we don't get to hear it obviously but when when she's talking to these people she just must come off as very charming perhaps a uh, precocious uh, uh, you know a young girl who thinks she's an adult yeah, well, it makes you wonder, like, who else is that charming and precocious? Who else has that kind of interesting fashion taste that everyone else takes for granted? <laughs> uh, so that's, yeah, this was, that is it was, My Name is Trouble. I would say on one level it was like a slight episode, but at the same time it was, you know, it was a good getting back to basis and like touching well, in with who these characters really are. It's A's getting new ammunition on various characters for the bad decisions they're making. Uh, yeah. A's now got Emily on uh, on the, the whole fake letter. She's got Spencer on the wedding ring. Hannah hasn't done anything yet, but I mean, A already has a ton of shit on Hannah anyway. Uh, she yeah, doesn't get is- doesn't get much on Arya, although Arya like blows it with Jenna, so that's a whole other thing. Arya has always gotten the least of A's. Attention. That's because Arya's A. The the number one time that A well the two times that Arya or A really fucked with Arya, it was to basically like have Hannah, you know, save Arya's relationship. And then it was to have like Noel Khan excommunicate from the school to save well, Arya's relationship. A has 
A was the one who sent the letter to Ella that Byron was cheating on her, but that was something that Arya didn't feel she could do herself. So A yeah. kind of helped her out there. Yeah. And then A saved her relationship. Yeah. We're not saying that Arya is A. It's what just we're saying that she's is a. Arya is A. Yeah. <laughs> and and what drives you wild is that like why hasn't Spencer like cued into that? Well, if Arya's A, if A has been fucking not just with the liars, but perhaps people like Jenna too, it's very understandable why Jenna's terrified of Arya. Yeah. I almost kind of wish that for the casual intended teen audience of this show, they would do that episode where it's all from Jenna's perspective and you just see like how she actually views these four little monsters. <laughs> I mean, figuratively, you know, she doesn't view them yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. She's blind. Um, I wish I, I mean to say that she can't see anything. Yeah, I don't think that like the intended audience of this show picks up on all the levels that are, are on display here. I really do. Well, I don't. I'm not even sure who the intended audience of the show is. Like, I saw yeah. a thing online on that awful website called Grantland.com where they were talking about like what the Hunger Games means, like culturally for like this is this is the new teen sensation and how is this different from like twilight or stuff that came before it and there's this whole like it was like a throwaway thing in the article about how shows like gossip girl and pretty little liars are like for the whole like kind of like rich upper class like vibe and then twilight was like a more low class vibe uh and i took exception to that because pll is nothing like gossip girl at all um and they're like the the writer would obviously never watch a show is like oh Arya Montgomery is just the kind of person who drops pop culture references and that's not what Katniss does. And it's like have you watched an episode of the show? Arya does not drop pop culture references like pretty much ever unless it's about like some old book. Yeah, yeah, or it's like some like uh, like Double Indemnity or something like that. Yeah, yeah, like well, uh, it's all the references they drop on the show are like. They're very, like, writerly references, or they're, you know, like, Hitchcock, or old movies, or something like that. Like, obviously, teens watch this show, but it's it seems as though half the time the writers are just doing their own thing, and then throwing in a couple, like, shirtless shots of Toby to make sure that they keep the fans happy. Well, the best entertainment, I think, uh, for children or teens contains themes and motifs that the, mm. the intended audience won't pick up on till years later yeah you know? until you've watched it a few times or until you've uh just gotten a little more experience you know and that's that's kind of how it works you know what i mean there's there's morals and lessons in like children's shows that the kids aren't supposed to pick up on the surface yeah well and it's and then they have a scene like where hannah slaps jenna and you're kind of you suddenly have to reevaluate everything you've watched up to that point because you're yeah. like, wait a minute, it's kind of awful main characters. Well, I, I I think there's probably a narrative where you know uh, we talk about the intended audience where they're watching this and they're just like, yeah, go Hannah, mm-hmm. and it's just like, yeah, but in I, that I, moment, I don't think you can say go Hannah. You can up until Jenna starts crying, and then you're like, oh, yeah, I guess that was a pretty terrible thing to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was an amazing crossroads for this show. And just for, mm-hmm. I guess I, I would just, I would love for them to do an episode where they just give you like maybe an act where it's just like from Jenna's perspective and you just kind of see a little <laughs> And more. it's nothing but black. Yeah. <laughs> it's just sound. <laughs> that would be super creepy. ABC Family is just like, yeah, this show isn't that experimental. They're so, like, yeah. this is our version of Hush. <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh, that would be very interesting. Yeah, it would just be like shadows and stuff. And like, yeah, it would really benefit a lot of us from having to see like Toby's face. But then you wouldn't you wouldn't see his chiseled abs. Yeah, I'll live. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, let me check see what the next episode's called. Blind dates. Blind dates, indeed. This next episode, by the way, is another really good episode. Oh yeah, fantastic. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will talk about that next time. Any other thoughts? No, just looking forward to it. My name is Trouble. Is that a subtle reference that Arya's name is Trouble? Because she is the one who gives her name. Works in so many levels. Indeed. All right, I'll talk to you later. Bye.